Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea, and I'm here today with Ray Taylor, back again, and Hello. Shannon Kahn. What's up? Hey, can you, Shannon, since you haven't been on here before, can you please introduce yourself and tell us what you do here at Worship Center? My name is Shannon. Hey, Shannon. <laughs> and I am the young adults pastor, so I oversee the living room, which okay. meets on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. here at Worship Center. Yeah, this is a plug for living room. <laughs> yeah. How old do you have to be? Oh, we prefer you're 18 to 30 years old. <laughs> Man, <laughs> now I'm just not an adult anymore. That's okay. Um... Okay, so we are starting Acts, and I'm pretty excited about Acts. So, author of this book is Luke, um, and it follows the early church, and we're introduced to Paul in this book. Um, so, I'm kind of excited about where Acts is going to take us in the next few weeks here. What stuck out to you guys as we read through this passage? Um, what stuck out to me was actually... I think it is an X where, where we were talking about it being 40 days from the time Jesus resurrected until the time he ascended. Um, and what stuck out to me about that was literally just the fact that I didn't realize it was that many days that he, or more so that the disciples were able to um, just be with Jesus again. Um yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's what's stuck. I think it's cool too that like there's they even calls out a time where he was eating with them. So he wasn't just like appearing and disappearing out of doorways. He was like spending time with them and mm. eating with them and yeah, teaching them too. It talks about how he's teaching them about the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, eating is the foundation of our faith. Yeah, we are. Um, we just recorded some. I, mean, I know you're kidding, but we no, just... I'm being honest. <laughs> you're just smiling weird. But we just recorded some episodes in Revelation when we talked, when we talked about the, the feast at the end of everything and how mm. Jesus is constantly inviting us to the table. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. Eating was a... I mean, it, it's a lost art here in, in the U.S. because we eat very quickly mm. in front of the TV. Yeah. And in Europe and other countries. Other countries is not like that like at all. It's like hours. Yeah, it's a whole event. Mm. <laughs> so that's intimate relationship with Jesus. Hmm. Jesus really ate good. after he died. Hmm. Another way he proved that he was actually alive. <laughs> yeah. Not just a ghost. That is true. Yeah. yeah. Ghosts, Shannon, don't, ghosts don't eat. <laughs> ghosts don't eat. <laughs> Shannon, what stuck out to you as you're reading through? Uh, well, the first thing that stuck out was in Mark. Uh, the Lord worked through them. Hmm. I mean, that's just... I mean, I know that we take that for granted, that we know that God's going to work through us, but it's a big deal that God chose messed up people yeah. like us. <laughs> and <laughs> the disciples. don't have it all together. Because the so disciples deserted that him, and yeah, now they're kind of restored again. But yeah, he chose them still. That's good. And also, and confirming what they said by doing ma- by many mir- miraculous signs. It wasn't just them doing that, like the Lord working through them. Um, mm. That's where the miraculous signs came from. Yeah, I can't imagine what it would have been like for Peter after being denying Jesus, then seeing Jesus and having all that shame, and then then he's like being used by the Lord. Like, how yeah. humbling would that be? 
Yeah, and he gets up and talks to all these Jews. Yeah. Um, I bet it is humbling. Uh, he probably did not feel worthy, but definitely driven by the gospel. I was reading before this um, account, right before Acts, when Jesus uh, confronted Peter, and I forget the exact you know, language of it, but basically he was like, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something else he said. I think two other things he said. But um, what stuck out to me, the holistic part of Peter, so we'll, we'll see here that he preaches, mm-hmm. um, and we know how he doubted. We know how he uh, basically said, like, I don't know this Jesus you're talking about when mm-hmm. they took Jesus away. Um, but the reality of Jesus had many options in that moment after, like, when he met with Peter to rebuke him, to cut him off. Um, but he asked him a question. And it was interesting. Many, many times, like, Jesus shows us a glimpse of how we should live in terms of grace and truth with people when we're confronting, um, when something's not right. So he, like, questions them instead of an aggressive approach. But then he's like, okay, if this is what you actually, you know, that that love that you have towards, towards me, now this is what you must do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that love should produce this. So it's like the epitome of... I sinned, but I'm being met with uh, a gracious and loving father through Jesus. But yet I'm still called to, out of that love, like do something about it yeah. and not continue as I was. That's good. So, um, Ryan and I were talking about that a little bit yesterday, um, that story about Jesus restoring Peter. Um, and he was just saying, if if Jesus had not restored Peter, if he decided to cut him off and said, nope, I'm not going to use you, that would completely change the way we look at Jesus and who he is as a person. Um, and it's so important to recognize that his nature, Jesus' nature is restorative. It's just mm-hmm. it's naturally who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no person too far gone. And you think about Peter who mm-hmm. denied him his savior three times. Um, mm-hmm. It's Jesus restored him anyway. I yeah. love it. Um, anything else to got to you guys you want to talk about? Um, how did he prove to them in many ways that he was actually alive? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, he ate. He so. ate. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's Great a good question. question. I mean, I could just, because Peter is like the most, I don't know, I'm watching The Chosen. And so the way Peter's portrayed there, like, makes me wonder, you know, he's, Peter following Jesus, running to the bathroom, like, he went to the bathroom. Like, I saw it. Like, he's real. It's not a ghost, you know? And like, what What were the ways that you actually proved that? And how long did it take? Wow. Yeah, I I mean, I, I picture it just being like, like Jesus, and I mean, culturally too, just allowing people to touch him. Like, I, I don't know. I just think it's. You, you, when you read about the Last Supper, like the disciple leans against Jesus, the disciple, but I guess it's John, leans against Jesus and asks him a question, and Thomas puts his hands into his wounds and all these different things. I think it's just like culturally, there probably would have been like a lot of touching. <laughs> I don't know how to say it without sounding weird. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, that might be part of it, but who knows exactly how that happened. But yeah, I mean, 
this is great for their testimony of, yeah, he's mm. actually alive. And it's huge for the gospel. I mean, we don't serve a ghost. <laughs> Jesus' mm. body is whole and risen. Yes. Amen. It's interesting. Yeah. Why did he have to prove? That was my question as you were talking. Hmm. Like he didn't have to prove to them. Because he told them so many times who he was. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, as we go through the epistles, we'll see that over and over again, just the testimony that Jesus is alive and see at the right hand of the Father. And um, I think this, this is a, the ascension is a big part of the gospel. It's just as important as the resurrection and um, the fact that, yeah, Jesus has a bodily form. Like that's, mm-hmm. a, I think that's important. Um, I think that's probably a very deep rabbit hole to go into. Yeah. But <laughs> What's interesting is they actually saw and touched him and they struggled to believe. Mm. And like, we're how many thousands of years later Shoot. and we can't see or touch. Mm. And we definitely struggle mm-hmm. to believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. A lot of grace. Um, oh, go what? ahead. Go I was going to say, should we talk about speaking in tongues? Should we talk about the Pentecost and like speaking in tongues? I don't have much to say about it, but I feel like sure. you guys might. Should about a Honda? Sure. <laughs> yes. Please tell me more <laughs> in a language I understand, please. <laughs> what do you want to know? I don't know. I, well, what's the significance of speaking in tongues? Um, why has it happened? I mean, it fulfills a prophecy, which is awesome in scripture when that happens. Um, but why now? What, like, what, what makes the Holy Spirit allow us to do that? What's the purpose of tongues? That kind of stuff. Hmm. Wow. Am I putting you on the spot? Discussion. <laughs> no, I love this stuff. I did not prep you for this. <laughs> <laughs> I think here, specifically in this one account, um, I think it was just another miracle, um, not just, don't take that in the wrong way, but <laughs> specifically for the people that were gathered there from, where were they? The Parthians, Medes, Elamites, etc. All those people. Um, and to, like, in general, generally speaking, we're changed more often than not when we're in awe of of god because when we're in awe of him it's like we're we're more often than not going to be in awe of who he is versus who we are and that doesn't mix so for him to call call us his son and daughter and we see him we're drawn to like oh man like the the people at the end of peter's sermon what what should i do what what can i do like they were broken like mm. what can i do when they see this jesus so anyways mm-hmm. um for all of these people that were gathered um, to hear their own language, basically the gospel in their own language was that's, I don't even know how to explain that. Like all of them through Peter's and the other apostles, like voices, that's, that's very weird. And that's only God. Mm-hmm. So I think specifically like that was meant to birth the early church as we see it. Yeah. Like, Cause then they went out right. and shared it in their languages. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. So, I mean, that's just one Avenue, I guess you could say of tongues, but, mm-hmm. um, miracle just right off the back starting right away. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What do you think, Shannon? I agree. 
(laughs) Tell us more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's one, there's a whole bunch of gifts that the Holy Spirit brings. And this one used in this instance is like the biggest way that the gospel can get out. Hmm. Like they're not speaking in unknown languages here. They're speaking in known languages that Mm -hmm. the people are understanding what they're saying, but they're speaking in the person speaking is not speaking in a language that they know. So I can't imagine what it would have been like that day standing up and you're just talking and you can like, or is the Holy Spirit just, you know, being the in between that's taking over people's tongues and ears or what's all going on? Like, so it's a huge birthing moment for the church and for the the good news to get out on what, you know, what Jesus did. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And kind of going back to, we talked about, I don't know if we recorded this or not, but we talked about the miraculous signs pointing to Jesus. Like, this whole big miracle that just happened um, all points to Jesus. It's not about the disciples. It's not about um, what they can and can't do. It's all about the gospel um, and how it gets out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it had to go beyond natural in their eyes or specifically hearts to see, Mm -hmm. to see that this is not mere man. This is Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know? So Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and then we also get a picture of the early church. Um, this passage is kind of famous, I think, for believers meeting together and sharing everything they have and breaking bread together and fellowshipping and meeting in homes. Um, I say it like that, but I think it's just a beautiful picture of what the church was like um, and how unified they were around the message of the gospel. Mark 16, beginning in verse 19. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Luke 24, 50. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting up his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem, filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. Acts 1. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles the further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling everyone about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he'll return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who are present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. 
They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. During this time, when about 120 believers were gathered together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit, speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Judas had bought a field with the money he received for his treachery. Falling headfirst there, his body split open, spilling out all his intestines. The news of his death spread to all the people of Jerusalem. They gave the place the Aramaic name Alcadema, which means field of blood. Peter continued, this was written in the book of Psalms, where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us, whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they all prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry, for he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other eleven. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a loud sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was present, present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grips. King David said this about him, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead, or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you fill me with the joy of your presence. 
Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. He was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand, until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.